This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, welcome everybody to the Sports Biz Pod. Today is Friday, July 31st. 2020 and this is the sports biz rundown where every friday we give you a very concise breakdown on what happened this week in the world of sports biz news events career openings and many more every week we put out two podcasts on tuesday we sit down with an interview for an entrepreneur investor athlete executive in sports entertainment and get behind the scenes access on how they think and how they operate and what excites them. And then on Friday, we do the rundown that goes in line with our newsletter. So if you aren't subscribed to that, go to our website, sportsbizgroup.com, to check that out and get that in your inbox every Friday. And to jump right into things, we're going to cover the top sports biz news stories. And we've had a very interesting week. Uh, Sports are finally back. NBA isn't kicking off. NBA is uh, tipped off, ex- excuse me. Uh, baseball is back. NHL is back. So we have a little bit more action to talk about. And outside of that, there's a lot of business news that we'll break down. And starting with the top sports biz news story, we'll, we'll go to Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, who is now a minority owner in the Kansas City Royals, just weeks after he got the largest deal in sports worth over half a billion dollars to become the franchise of the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a big Super Bowl win and an MVP performance. The 24-year-old now is dabbling into investment, uh, which is really interesting to see um, as he's one of the youngest, I think the youngest owner uh, in professional sports of this kind. Um, So this is also interesting to kind of break down, you know, why he did this. All right. So he had, you know, half a billion dollar contract come in. It's obviously not all up front. There's a lot of um, different ways that the contract is structured where it's um, gradual and based off performance and, and whatnot. But he needs something to park his cash in that's stable, um, that's going to have you know yield a good return, um, isn't going to take a lot of money, and he knows it's going to be there. So that makes a lot of sense to invest into a team um, in that stance. It's also kind of a flex as well to be a, you know, a team owner and playing on a team. Um, another reason why I think he really did this is just for legacy uh, within the Kansas City community where he's already a legend with the Kansas City Chiefs two years after playing. He's a 24-year-old. He's kind of cemented himself in there, but now owning a team, that's going to be huge for him and his impact and legacy onto the city of Kansas City. Uh, so that's really exciting. We don't have the exact figures out. Uh, it's still kind of comp- uh, you know confidential information, but for a minority owner, it could be five to ten percent equity into it, perhaps even less. Um, and you know the team could be valued within the hundreds of millions of dollars. So he definitely put a good amount of money to park his cash, and I would also anticipate him making a lot of other investments as well that could potentially more cash flow generating. Uh, so that's exciting news, and congratulations to Patrick Mahomes for doing pulling that off. 
another sports money story is coming from Forbes, where every year they um, list out the team's most valuable sports teams, um, and they just put it out today for the 2020 valuations. Um, it's very interesting. Um, I look forward to seeing this every year, um, and maybe we can actually try to figure out if Kansas City's on there to actually get a little bit more perspective on that past article we covered, but um, we'll go right through uh, you know, some of the top news, uh, top uh, teams that are valued and, um, and kind of breaking down, um, you know, what, what each, you know, is worth and, and why it's worth that. So starting things off with football, um, that's usually the highest valuation. They have, uh, the largest TV deals. So from what I see right here, it's, um, almost $2.8 billion, uh, for NFL TV deals. Um, NHL has six, uh, 600 million. NBA has two billion. Um, so these are I'm I'm trying to get a little over the past decade. So excuse me, it's it's spanning over the past decade, almost three billion dollars. So that's they have the bar- largest TV deals. It goes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. Another stat I'm reading off of this, it's profit centers. So owner-friendly uh, collective bargaining agreements made every sports league profitable ahead of 20, uh, COVID-19, with the average NFL team earning more than $100 million per four interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. So it looks like $100 million, $102 million is the profit uh, that each sports league um, makes or with the average team making a hundred million dollar profit so that's kind of where it's breaking down each nba team makes on average 70 million dollars profit and mlb 50 million nhl 25 million so this is interesting stat there pulling this up another one um, stable assets, the average ownership tenure for NFL teams is nearly twice as long as other sports leagues. So the NFL teams, they buy and hold it. Sometimes they have the same original ownership group. Um, so it's kind of holds it on for a while. Scrolling down, now we'll kind of go through with the top team. So the number one, actually, let's do this a little bit uh, more interesting. We'll, we'll start from the bottom and kind of go through it. Uh, let's see how far down this list goes. So it's the top... 50 um yeah so we'll, we won't go through all of that but going down to 49 tampa bay buccaneers is valued at 2.2 billion dollars um st louis cardinals is at 49 um they're tied and they're tied with the arizona cardinals so those are the bottom of the list um we'll scroll back up to the top 10 and kind of break it down each one uh, and maybe why they're worth that much. So this is a really comprehensive article. I encourage you to, to look at that. But number 10 on the list is Manchester United. They're valued at $3.81 billion, owned by the Glazer family. They're purchased in 2005. They paid um, $1.4 billion. So they nearly tripled their investment. Um, and Manchester United is also traded on the New York Stock Exchange. So we all could be owners in that potentially. Going to number nine, the second value, the ninth value team is the New York Giants, valued at $3.9 billion. They purchased in 1925 and then again in 1991. So they, they paid $500 in 1925, the year 1925. Then they sold that for $150 million. 
1991, right? And then now from 1991 to 2020, almost 30 years, it went from $150 million to $3.9 billion. And that it goes uh, you know, large into the market of New York, the fan base and all that, uh, very, various other indicators. But that's crazy. 1925 in that year, they bought it, the team for $500, sold it for $150 million, which was probably insane from 1925 to 1991. And then now it's worth almost $4 billion. So that's the best investment that we've seen out of this top 10 list so far. Um, moving on to Barcelona is number eight at $4.02 billion. They didn't have any more details about the year purchase and uh, other financials about that. Number seven, New England Patriots valued at $4.1 billion owned by Robert Kraft. They purchased that in 1994 for $172 million. And that's an insane payoff. That's, you know, very great multiple on that investment. Moving on. Real Madrid, $4.24 billion. We don't have other details, but um, historic soccer club, football club. Um, number five, $4.3 billion is the Golden State Warriors. They purchased in 2010 for four four $450 million. That's 10xing what they really earned. Um, so that's incredible. They also ended up being a prime market in the Bay Area. Um that's uh, you know that's a good 10 year um, 10x year return. So number four is the Los Angeles Lakers valued at 4.4 billion dollars. The year they purchased it in 1979 for 20 million dollars, sold it in 1998, almost 10 years later for oh sorry, excuse me, 20 years later for 268 million dollars. And then from 1998 to what it's valued now in 2020, it's worth $4.4 billion. Very interesting. Number three, New York Knicks, valued at $4.6 billion, owned by Madison Square Garden Company, which is publicly traded. And the year it was purchased is in 1997 for $300 million. So that's a great return as well. Also in one of the best markets, um, they'll likely... You know, change ownership is my my guess. Uh, people aren't too happy with the owners and the performance, but still one of the top sports teams valued at four point six. Number two is the New York Yankees, valued at five billion dollars. They purchased it in nineteen seventy three for eight point eight million dollars. This is probably one of the best ones that we've seen with how much they purchased it for in the short amount of time and what it's worth now at five billion dollars. And then finally, the number one team, that team valuation is the Dallas Cowboys, owned by Jerry Jones, and it is worth $5.5 billion. They, they purchased it in 1989 for $150,000,000. So this comes to show you it's not cheap to uh, buy a team unless you did that in the 1920s, um, but, you know, we can't go back in time yet, but the team valuations have been really incredible. We have a few different indicators that I'll kind of try to share with you very briefly, but this came out this morning. Uh, one of my favorite, um, you know, articles that is put out by Forbes sports money. Um, so go kind of see the full list. There's the top 50 teams. I don't want to go through all of them for you. Uh, but it's very interesting where, um, like I said, let me go see if the Kansas city Royals are on this. So, the Royals did not make that, um, 
list, but let's give a hypothetical with um, the Kansas, let's see, let's go to the bottom of the list, kind of for that Patrick Mahomes kind of scene, um, you know, maybe how much he invested. We'll just break down that really quickly for you. So let's just say, pull up my calculator here. All right, the Green Bay Packers, uh, just kind of chime in on this quickly, is they're worth $2.85 billion. They were purchased in 1921 for $100, right? That's ridiculous. So um, they're the one team that we have the most information on, per se. There you know some other publicly traded ones, but we have full financials in the NFL about Green Bay Packers. So that kind of forms the basis. A lot of these are estimates. We don't have actually the whole what it's worth, Um so that kind of gives us a little bit of scope about what they're making, how much it's worth, what what the NFL pays out to each team. So we can give a little bit of baseline, but this isn't 100% accurate. Um, just FYI, also give a shout out to my Ravens. They're valued at number 32 for $2.75 billion. Um, but back to the original point, I'm going to go find the lowest um, baseball team that we can get. So that would be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, at 49, they're valued at $2.2 billion. So let's just say that the Royals are worth $1.5 billion, which is probably right around that. Okay. $1.5 billion. Okay. And let's say Patrick Mahomes invested 5.5%, you know, that he owns 5% of that. That means he would still be investing $75 million. If he was a 5% shareholder into a company like that, that would be worth $1.5 billion. So we don't have the exact metrics. We'll see. Maybe it was a lot smaller than that, but just kind of gives you a perspective of like Patrick Mahomes, which is the last article we just kind of covered, him making an investment. It could be even 1%. We have really no clue. It could also just be a naming thing that we, that, that the whole point of buying it. But Owning a team is not easy. You have to become privately wealthy, uh, make it big in some other industry. Um, but again, this is a great article written out by Forbes, and their methodology um, is you know studying the valuations and the TV deals and all the other indicators and coming up with the most accurate they possibly can. So we'll move on, but that's uh, kind of two very interesting sports money um, articles for this week. Moving on quickly to uh, COVID-19 and sports. So with COVID-19, there's going to be really interesting how the college football space is going to actually happen or not. Um, for right now, the Power Five conferences and FBS have already shifted their views about potential season, but not everybody's on the same page. SEC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 will shift to a conference-only model. The AP ACC will play a conference-only plus one other team model. The Big 12 has not announced their season will look yet, so it's going to be a logistical nightmare. A lot of things are figuring out, but um, it looks like if there is a college football season, it will only be um, conference only, so they can control it a little bit better, um, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, next article would be with the Miami Marlins. Have uh, Season has been temporarily paused until Monday until they remain quarantined in Philadelphia with the latest round of COVID-19 tests. Marlins CEO Derek Jeter sent a statement that Marlins will move to a daily testing schedule that uh, while continuing to remain quarantined. So, you know, we've seen news come out, you know, Florida's tough spot right now for COVID and looks like a lot of people and personnel got, um, test, you know, got, got infected by the disease. So we'll stay tuned. We, we hope that they do well, but COVID-19 has proven 
to show how difficult it is to plan the logistics um, and do it safely. The NBA has been able to keep a bubble very well, but that just def- does not apply to college football because they're unpaid athletes and they need to be taken care of. And it's are they student athletes or are they professionals? So that's one layer of logistics. Baseball, they're traveling on from city to city, so there still is a little bit of risk. Um, NHL, they have two different bubbles, so um, things are a little bit different, but um, it, it, there's no good b- blueprint that we've all been able to see. Going on to the next kind of uh, topics, or more so with the bubble, so we'll kind of break down. The NBA has been a, done a good job of covering the content, keeping everything contained. Um, since they're then since they're all in one resort rather than traveling to multiple cities, there's less uh, touch points. Um, but uh, what's interesting with the bubble right now is uh, the fans have a presence and sense of interacting uh, with the NBA. Um, where the NBA has been able to call it a function called tap to cheer, where they'll send out custom polls, challenge prompts, and it's official taking fans to take vote for their favorite team for each via poll, and that kind of impacts the sounds and impact of the game. So we saw things like that with MLB, where in their app to keep you know fan engagement, this is kind of a similar approach to keep things engaged. Another really amazing story coming out with the WNBA. Um, the hashtag orange hoodie has been trending and selling very well with the WNBA hoodie. Um, the retail fanatics reports that since Sunday, the WNBA hoodie has been a top selling item across the whole site. Um, that's huge uh, with fanatics is partnering with every major sports league. Um, and the orange hoodie is the best selling WNBA item ever. Uh, recently pictured with Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, of him wearing that and being a very strong advocate. And you've seen a lot of players uh, really support the league and uh, really help grow the game and get the best visibility and money where it needs to be in that, in that side of things. Um, so we saw a lot of NBA players, LeBron James walking out with uh, the orange hoodie, Kyrie Irving donate $1.5 million to support um, players that had their salaries um, cut for not being able to make the season. So it's great to see other sports and athletes uh, rally to support WNBA. Moving on, that covers top sports biz news stories. The Sports Biz Pod, we, like I said, we do this every week, um, every Friday. And this week, we did an interview with the Chief Strategy and Financial Officer of Overtime. Uh, so that's a great interview, one of our best-received downloads, uh, podcasts that we've done so far. A very quick and actionable interview that we had um, about, you know, how overtime fundraises, what they used to spend their money, how he was able to get into that job, and what excites him about the space. So go give that a listen as well. Wrapping things up with sports biz events, um, we're going to continuously update, but we've built a really comprehensive Google Calendar that shares the top um, sports biz events, and there's been a lot of changes to that, so we've been working to update that, but quickly, we just had the WNBA, NBA, MLB, all of them have um, set to return. Right now, we're looking at the World Tennis Association, they're set to return August 3rd, PGA Championship August 6th through 9th, Champions League August 12th. 12th through 23rd, FedEx Cup playoffs August 13th through 7th, September 7th, Indy 500 August 23rd, Kentucky Derby September 5th, College Bowl Week 1, um, that's actually being pushed back a little bit from, from um, our knowledge and that still is a little bit of a mess to figure that out. NFL has not came out with any official statements about changing on schedule. It looks like the players are back in training camp 
Um, the Preakness Stakes is October 3rd. Masters Tournament is November 12th through 15th. Those are some big events that we'll recover. We'll also look to update this with some more online events that we'll we'll be organizing or helping promote, um, and just trying to constantly update this cha- uh, this calendar that's changing uh, very quickly. And to finally wrap things up, we'll cover the top sports of his career openings that we've been sent to ourselves or found on LinkedIn for you. So starting some off with some entry level jobs. Um, Brooklyn Sports Entertainment Global is looking for account representative and member services. DraftKings is looking for a sports be, uh, sports book operations associate mid-level jobs. Barstool Sports is looking for a producer. And FanDuel is looking for SEO, marketing manager. Finally, senior level jobs. Sport 5 is looking for a director of U.S. commercial business development in their experiential department. And NBA is looking for a head of design and their next-gen experience. So every week we curate top six sports-based career openings as well as helping place people. We've been able to help place many uh, college graduates and veterans in the industry too into unique jobs, mostly within sports and entertainment and the startup space. So uh, we're working on kind of really flushing out this career board, but we're still providing that as a resource. Again, um, this was the Sports Biz Rundown. We try to not keep it too long. Very quick, actionable insights on what happened this week and summarize it for you. So with that being said, thank you for all the listeners. Uh, We appreciate your support. Um, We want to hear your feedback. We're going to be a little bit more engaging, figure out what you're looking for, maybe some guest recommendations, things like that. But you can reach out to me um, at SportsBizNick on all social platforms or send me an email, nick.hayden at sportsbizgroup.com. Send me an email. Let's talk. Uh, We're finding some other ways to engage uh, the loyal listeners, the new listeners. Uh, We just did something last night on Thursday with uh, an app called Locker Room where it was a live uh, conversation so people could tune in and essentially jump on the podcast. So we're having a conversation. So we'll find other ways, something like that, to bring the listeners on and have conversations with them directly with you all directly. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already go hit that subscribe button on Apple podcasts, go follow us on Spotify, um, check out for some interviews coming up this Tuesday and Friday. Thanks again. Have a great weekend.